Hello, everyone. This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing, the August 8th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. Our podcast today will look at the surprising growth in the U.S. industrial market, one of the hottest niches of all non-residential construction, and we'll pick out a few mega projects in these areas to discuss. We'll also check out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy is headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rate count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy series of podcasts for 2022. For the week ending July the 30th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 260,000. That's an increase of 6,000 from the previous week's revised level. The unemployment rate nationally dropped 0.1% to 3.5%. A report on Yahoo Finance said total non-farm employment increased by 22 million from its low in April 2020, and that has fully recovered to its return and returned to its pre-pandemic level. In February of 2020, the last month before the COVID-19 pandemic, 152.5 million workers were employed in the United States, and as of July 2022, 152.536 million people in the U.S. were working. The monthly increase in July was about double what economists were expecting. Six states had decreases in unemployment claims of over 1,000 for the week ending July the 30th. These states are Massachusetts, which has saw the claims to decline 6,934. Kentucky saw claims decline 2,170. Ohio was down 1,801 claims. Michigan was down 1,515 claims. Illinois was down 1,130 claims. And Florida was down 1,060 claims. Only two states had an increase in unemployment claims at top 1,000 for the week ending July the 30th. Connecticut with 7,095 claims and Oklahoma with 649 claims. California had a relatively small increase of 530 claims. West Virginia was up 513 claims. And North Carolina was up 412 claims for the week ending July the 30th. An interesting leading indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. That's because it measures the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. U.S. railroads originated 906,903 carloads in July 2022. That's up 0.2% or 2,213 carloads from July 2021. U.S. railroads also originated 1 million 33,906 containers and trailers in July of 2022, which is down 3%. Combined U.S. carloads and intermodal originations in July were 1,940,809. That's down 1.5%, or 29,881 carloads and intermodal units from July 2021. John Gray, AAR Senior Vice President, said in the press release accompanying the July data, Rail traffic in July was evenly balanced between commodities with carload gains and those with carload declines. As such, it does not provide definitive evidence regarding the state of the overall economy. In that respect, it is very similar to most other recent economic indicators.
Most individual freight categories are tracking in the red compared to this time last year, and that's following past trends for the first half of this year. Petroleum and petroleum products are down 12%, followed by metallic ores and metals, which are down 7.1%. Rain is down 6.9% year-to-date through this time, and internal motor units and for their total are down 5.8%. On the positive side of the ledger were non-metallic minerals up 4.6%, chemicals up 4.1%, and coal and farm products, excluding gain and food, both up 3.4%. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in, in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area is this Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. The only larger than usual weekly change in the data in the Baker Hughes rig count was the five rig decline in the Kana Woodford Basin in Oklahoma and Texas. The state of Texas continues to see the most growth in oil rigs. The Permian Basin is up 108 rigs over last year for a 44.4% gain. Texas's Eagle Ford Basin is up 40 rigs for 125% gain. And the Haynesville Basin, which stretches between Texas and Louisiana, is up 22 rigs for a year-over-year gain of 46.8%. Outside of Texas, North Dakota's Williston Basin, which also covers a bit of Montana, is up 19 rigs for 100% gain. Current price for a barrel of WTI crude oil as of August the 8th is about $88 per barrel. West Texas Intermediate crude oil is down more than $33 a barrel or 27.5% from its recent high of over $120 a barrel on June the 9th. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future activities since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets for copper because of its use in the wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. On August the 8th, the morning price for copper on the COMEX is $3.50 per pound. That's down $1.39 from its all-time high on March the 4th of $4.94, which was a 28.2% drop. Over the past 30 days or so, copper has bounced back a bit. Electrical wholesaling's editors were doing some research on the industrial market over the past week and noticed some rather large gains in the year-over-year -year data, the 2023 forecast data, and individual products that will have a direct impact on the electrical market. These projects are semiconductor plants, electric vehicle plants, battery plants for those electric vehicles, and data centers. Let's take a look at some of the data. The con Consensus Construction Forecast is published twice a year by the American Institute of Architects. It plans the forecast of the eight leading construction forecasters in the United States. When you look at the non-residential total that they're expecting, the increase that they're expecting for 2023, they're expecting the total non-residential market to go up 6.1%. But the, what's of interest here also is that the largest individual category is the industrial total, which is expected to go 8.4%. There's some other interesting data published monthly by the U.S. Census Bureau in their value of new construction data for the construction spending. In the industrial market, right now, uh, on a not as not a seasonally adjusted basis, private spending for industrial projects is running up 20% over last year. As you can see in the chart, this spending really started to pick up in July 2021. 
data centers have been one of the hottest sections of the industrial market for quite some time, but there seems to be a pickup in the activity over the past six months or so. We were doing some research on these projects and found some pretty good-sized projects that broke ground over the past couple months. One of the larger ones was by Facebook in Springfield, Nebraska, a $1.5 billion project expansion. The plans were announced in July. There's also a big expansion project that broke ground in the first half of 2022 just outside Washington, D.C. in the uh, Dulles area by Dulles Airport. So that's one of the largest concentrations in the entire world for data centers. They announced an ex- in a project that broke ground $940 million. Facebook also announced uh, in the first quarter of this year an $800 million data center in Idaho and Kuna, Idaho. That's 960,000 square feet. They announced plans in July of expansion of their data center campus in Huntsville, Alabama. There's some other large ones uh, from different companies. The Switch SuperNAP data center, second phase in Sparks, Nevada, broke ground in March, $505 million. There was a very large data center uh, in the Eglin Air Force Base in Florida, contract awarded eight in August of 2002. That's a $213 million modernization for at least for their F-35 facility there. Uh, also a large project uh, west of Washington C broke ground the first half of this year. $208 million to Equinix Data Center. There's another big one that broke ground in the Phoenix area, Iron Mountain Data Center. It's 125000 excuse me, $125 million data center expansion there. We've, we've got an undetermined amount of the contract value by another Facebook one. This one in Galatin, Tennessee, expansion of an existing data center. And also in uh, February of this year, in Prince William County, Virginia, the first phase of the 2.3 million square foot Corsgal Data Center campus. There's been a lot of talk over the past couple months about the onshoring of semiconductor plants in the United States. On the political front, there's legislation in Washington right now that will be offering chip manufacturers incentives to either build brand new facilities or expand existing facilities in the United States. These these plants do take a number of years to build, but they are just ginormous in size. Take a look at this chart here. You can see the largest uh, series of plants being planned in Texas by Texas Instruments, $30 billion worth of uh, fab plants there. So there were also fab plants also sometimes called chip families. In Arizona, the Intel announced a large expansion of an existing campus, $20 billion expansion. Ohio, $20 billion of, of uh, greenfield plants by Intel in Licking County. That made a lot of headlines uh, back in the uh, spring. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor in Phoenix, $12 billion. Another uh, plant, a $6 billion plant, an expansion plant for in Phoenix, also is Taiwan Semiconductor. $1.8 billion technology plant by Skywater in West Lafayette, Indiana. It was announced uh, just last month in July. Also announced in July in Malta, New York, the Global Foundries advanced and announced a $1 billion expansion of an existing semiconductor plant. And a, a smaller size, but also by Intel, $550 million expansion in Rio Rancho, New Mexico by Intel. I guess you could call the electric vehicle and battery plants the new kids on the block in industrial construction because they have not been around nearly as long as uh, data centers for sure and on a smaller scale, the uh, chip plants. But look at some of the numbers that we've heard this year for the expansion plants. Ford had an announcement that we've talked about, I think, in an earlier podcast, but $11 billion in several plants in Kentucky and Tennessee. The Hyundai Motor Group announced a plan in, two, in May for a large $5.5 billion facility in Savannah 
Atlanta, Georgia. Rivian also announced uh, earlier this year in Georgia, uh, just east of Atlanta, I believe, another $5 billion plant. Very close to where I'm sitting here in Overland Park, Kansas, Panasonic announced plans in July for a $4 billion battery plant for electric vehicles. Uh, there's I found doing some extra reading uh, last week and found that there's a company, interesting company, a Vietnamese conglomerate, conglomerate is announcing a very large plant uh, that can be built in Raleigh. It's first first phase of a multi-phase plant, $2 billion. But you can see that uh, Toyota has a large EV battery plant plans announced in Greensboro, North Carolina. We've got the Tesla Gigafactory, which I think is pretty close to finishing up. Also about a billion dollars just outside of Austin. And we've got a hydroelectric truck plant in Elroy, Arizona. Broke ground uh, last year, $470 million. And in a Trittingham battery plant in Lebanon, Tennessee. Special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring our today's electrical podcast series today and for sponsoring the entire series over 2022. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion today about the largest construction projects going on in some very key areas of the industrial market. If you need more information on large construction projects, Electrical Marketing Newsletter provides us information updates on a quarterly basis. We catalog projects that we can find about $100 million and up. It's for electrical marketing subscribers. Get it as part of a $99 subscription to Electrical Marketing Newsletter. For information on subscribing to that newsletter, you can contact me at jlucy at endeavorb2b.com or go to electricalmarketing.com. If there's any other type of economic data you'd like us to cover in these podcasts, please give me a shout. And our next presentation will be on August 22nd. Until then, be happy, stay cool. Look forward to chatting with you in a couple weeks.